0: This is Glenn Crooks on frame. New York City FC heading to Orlando for the opening round of the MLS Cup playoffs, their fifth consecutive trip to the postseason, while Orlando City, who joined MLS along with New York City in 2015, is playing in their first ever playoff game. New York City under first-year head coach Ronnie Dyla, who graciously shares his thoughts with me prior to every match. In this episode, Part 2, the best of Ronnie Dyla from uh, some of those pregame briefings in 2020. After a 1-0 loss at Toronto FC on March the 7th, City dropped to 0-2 in MLS regular season play. And due to COVID, would not play another league match until July 9th as MLS unveiled the pandemic bubble at the MLS's back tournament at Disney World in Orlando. We learned in this pregame chat that Tati Castellanos, coming off a fantastic 2019, was going to be paired for the first time in the starting 11 with another 2019 sensation ever. That and more in this interesting look back, July 9th, 2020. Well, it's the MLS is back tournament opening game coming up for New York City FC. They're playing the Philadelphia Union. And with us here before the game, uh, New York City head coach, Ronnie Dyla. Ronnie, uh, welcome. Uh, before we started recording this, you talked about how early you've been getting up recently. You've got a nine a.m. game, which uh, I don't know if you've <coughs> ever played or coached at that hour before. But what's it been like?
1: Uh, that's, uh, we have. I have had um, trainings, of course, uh, at that time before, but uh, never had game uh, so early. So. Uh, uh, maybe if you think about when you were youth and you other like a tournament around, you have to play so early, but as a senior, never never done it. So it's going to be a new experience.
0: Yeah, and, and the the teams playing the 9 a.m. game are in the same situation. But I, I'm curious about, you know, there's such a focus on nutrition, your body, getting everything right. How are you managing that as far as uh, pregame?
1: I think uh, I said that many times, but uh, for me, it's like... The players has to be conscious about uh, what they need and how, uh, uh, how they want to do it. And uh, so, I, I give them a lot of freedom uh, in that matter, and um, talk with the players how, how they feel the best way to do it. Because it's hard to uh, to know what each uh, of the players want to have uh, six o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, so the meal is gonna be. Um, in an optional way that you have to eat, of course, but uh, you have to get what you can eat at 6 o'clock in the morning and also what you feel for eating. Uh, And then also the time that you want to do it. If you want to be 5 o'clock, there has to be an option for that. If you want to do 6 o'clock or 6.30, it's also an opportunity to do that. So to be very optional in the the way that you want to do it is going to be important, I think.
0: So the... um... you've talked often about how you feel very prepared based on the fact you've had time to really review what happened last year and see the games and and see specifically how the players operate. Uh, The one pairing that we didn't see a lot of in the the first five games, the Champions League or or the first two regular games, was Eber along with Tati Castellanos. When you look back and you see how it went for them together, how do you think that relationship developed and – What's the situation as you look at it? It's, do you see them maybe at the same position and that's why they're not uh, maybe seeing as much time together, at least up to this point? Uh, they're going to start together today.
1: So, so we have a Tati on the left and then Eber in the center. Both of them are in a very, very good shape. I haven't seen none of them in the, in the way they have been in trading. So I was thinking in the beginning that they have to fight against each other. Uh, but they've been so good in training at, that we have to get both of them on the pitch at the same time. Um, Tati and Ebe can change position during the game as well. So so I think uh, that you have two really goal scorers on the pitch is uh, is important also because uh, you can play as much as you want, but you need to have somebody to put the ball in the net. And uh, those two have shown in training the whole last weeks and... And also uh, last season that uh, they are capable to do it, so um, I'm looking forward to see that.
0: Uh, Ronnie Dyla here on the pregame show. Uh, the the five subs, you know, that's there's been a lot of discussion about that. And then also, <coughs> you know, the that the fact that you're playing three matches in ten days, haven't played for so long. I'm curious when you uh, have looked at these matches, are you going to have like a strict plan where you just sub at certain moments and have those ideas? Or are you going to manage the game as maybe you normally would? You know, you observe and then make your decisions. I
1: think you have to have both that you have in your mind. Uh, something that uh, what is the best preparation or how to use the subs best. Uh, at the same time, you have to have your eyes on the on the pitch because you have to see who is uh, looking good, or who is not looking so good uh, and who's getting tired, for, tired first. What option? Uh, what what kind of uh, match it is? If we are very offensive, or we need a goal, or we need to to uh, not concede a goal. So the most important thing is to have the eyes and uh, my and the brain in the right moment and in the right places. And then uh, of course you have to have a plan uh, that makes things more easy. But I think we have worked now in uh, many weeks about have a clear plan of how we want to uh, want to play and um and that's uh, always good to have that structure uh, in the bottom that uh, that safety and uh from there you can can do different things
0: one of the players that you've spoken highly of in in, in your time uh is a young player 19 year old james sands and uh i'm wondering how you see him fitting in now uh, you know he was uh, uh, in the midfield uh, in the early going we we know that he's uh, had success at central defense uh in the past uh what about sands and how he might fit in here as you get going again in this tournament
1: i so, uh, today is going to start as a central defender uh together with the uh, cayens so um, uh, we have uh, we have in training used him as a central defender the the whole time after we we start up after the quarantine so um, it's going to be exciting to see, to see those. Uh, two. I think uh, James takes steps all the time and is physically very very good now and uh, is good on the ball. And I see also that he uses a voice more now uh, and, and be a more leader. But we have very very hard competition in that position um, with Max, of course, um, and Seb. So um, so that's um, a privilege for me as a coach to have.
0: You, you've talked about. I think the very first time we talked, you talked about uh, you, you really like uh, and emphasize you know, having at least one ball-playing central defender, center back. There is that one of the aspects of Sands that puts him maybe slightly ahead of the others.
1: He's uh, uh, yes, that's uh, and uh, his potential. You know, we also have to think about future to see you know to build a team over time and to put on players who are uh, not even close to to reach the, the level yet. Uh, that's also always exciting. But first of all, because he's showing and training every day, that is, uh, is good enough to, to start to play.
0: Uh, on the Philadelphia side, uh, Ronnie, uh, Jacob Gleznes. Now, he's from your old club, Stromsgotsit. I- I'm wondering how familiar you are with him, and I'm sure we've all seen his uh, free kick goal against LAFC earlier. Uh, I know him very well.
1: Uh, I don't know him so much as a person, but I know him as a player. He's a good player. He was the captain of Stremskutze, uh, and that was the time after I had left them. but uh, he did, uh, did a good job there. Um, uh, everything I heard about him is very positive, like a uh, very good person. He was the captain of the team, and uh, he has a good uh, right foot. I think he was a little bit lucky with that shot. I don't <laughs> think he will do that tomorrow again, and I would be very, very impressed, but uh, hopefully not.
0: Well, boy, he had a run up there. But if they get a free kick and you see him take like a, a, a an eight a eight yard drop, then you know, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like you have to, you can't turn your back to in in the. <laughs> you have to face face that shot. And uh, but uh, we are we are improved in set play, so hopefully we can
0: uh, score on them instead of them scoring at us. At one final thing just about Philadelphia in general. Uh, earlier in the week, you compared them maybe to Red Bulls a little bit and the way they defended. Can you uh, explain that? Uh, they have been on a diamond, and, uh, two
1: strikers, and uh, press high pressing all over the pitch. Um, and very, very hard in the first pressure. So, so that's very similar to what the Red Bull system is, uh, the way of playing. And as I heard also, they have a Red Bull, um, sports director a former rebel sports director so I'm sure they want to, to get that style sends a lot of that same style into, into their team and you can see
0: it in the game yeah so well we'll see how they, uh, they uh, deal with the, the heat and that also you, you would assume that that's going to have an impact right of course. I'm
1: sure they have a plan for that as well so to press in that way for 90 minutes you know, impossible in uh, the heats we have down there and then Tomorrow at 9 o'clock is going to be really, really hot. So the most important thing is that we are disciplined, that we keep out together if we are high pressing or low pressing or, or we have having the ball that we are very good on the ball. That's going to be important. But, um, but uh, it's, of course, very different from playing in a, in a normal temperature.
0: New York City would drop their opening match at the MLS's back tournament, 1-0 to the eventual Supporters Shield champion Philadelphia Union, followed by a 3-1 defeat to Orlando City. In the third and final group stage match at the MLS's back tournament, Ishmael Tajiri-Shradi scored his first goal of the season in a close 1-0 win over Expansion Inter-Miami. It was Ronnie Dyla's first MLS win. Not in control of their own destiny to advance to the MLS's back tournament knockout stages, Dyla and City had to watch the LA Galaxy-Houston Dynamo match from their hotel rooms. This is a game that would determine their fate. Christian Pavon scored a penalty in stoppage time for LA, and that sent New York City through to a round-of-16 match against the team that had knocked them out of the Eastern Conference semis last season, Toronto FC. Let's take you back to my pregame chat with Dyla ahead of the TFC match round of 16 at the neutral Wide World of Sports Complex at Disney, July 26th, 2020. Welcome back to the pregame show. I'm Glenn Crooks along with New York City FC head coach uh, Ronnie Dyla. New York City preparing to play Toronto FC in the round of 16 of the MLS's back tournament. And Ronnie. After two matches, it didn't look particularly favorable that you would be advancing into this uh, knockout stage. Some things had to happen. They did. One, you had to beat Inter-Miami, so you, got, you took care of that. A- and then the other two things uh, were a bit more nerve-wracking. Can you take us back to Thursday night, LA Galaxy-Houston, late game, you're watching, and you had to wait for something to happen in stoppage time, uh, the PK, and, and then that got you through. So wh- what was going through your mind?
1: I was a roller coaster emotionally. It was
0: like uh, when you Houston score,
1: you, I was thinking that's of course not good, but at the same time it was so early, so maybe it's a good thing because then in the back of the minds, they were thinking I have to defend more, and then uh, LA can go for for it. But uh, and I think I was sure that LA gonna gonna score when I saw the game, but. Uh, I was not sure that you' not gonna score i agree, it's not a goal. <laughs> right. it was, uh that was hard to, to watch of course but and especially after one one when we were so happy and then uh both teams just opened up and there was like two against one situation in both end of the field uh, uh, in the last six minutes so i it was a uh, was a tough game, but also the game with Red Bull and Cincinnati was a long long game for us because uh Cincinnati defend and defend and defend and and red bull couldn't score more than couldn't score at all so that right and think. if they
0: score if they score one goal then things change there too crazy. So,
1: but in the end um when you look at the performances we have done uh, we should have something uh, in the game against philadelphia we get something in the in the miami game where we i think we deserve to go through and, uh, and i'm very happy that we get another chance
0: well, I suppose it's nice you get to play an evening match now because there's been so much discussion, not just yourselves, but the Greg Vandy for Toronto. They had two 9 a.m. games, and he, he discussed that as well. But what's interesting to me is you could look back at all three of your matches, and the morning games, you played better matches in those games than you did in the night game against Orlando. I don't know how you feel.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. But uh, first of all, was the first half an hour against uh, Orlando. was uh, was very bad. Uh, I think after that, we... I think we had six six two goal chances to us uh, when we changed uh, after half an hour. So, so um, but there's more intensity in the games in the in the nights, and that's good for us. We we are looking forward to play. The sun is down, so um,
0: we rather do that than play nine in the morning. Roddy Dildy with us on the pregame show. Uh, you're going to welcome back Maxi Morales to the starting eleven. When you look at Maxi, what what is the sense that he brings? You know, to the team when he's out there. And you and and you haven't been with him that long. But what have you identified as uh, why it's so important to have him on the pitch? Uh, so first of all, so we had been a little
1: bit uh, unfortunate, uh, or unlucky with uh, with Maxi because he started the first the preseason match we had to play down in Florida as one minute and he went off with his cuff. And after I has been a uh, out and in in training all the time. Something happened, and and we haven't get Maxi uh 100 fit before we come down here um and then he also gets something in in his tie after the first game uh so so that's uh that's our most uh important player you know it's uh when you see last season with uh, all the um, we're talking about scoring more goals uh in the other interviews and um and when you look at the team without maxi last year it was a different team, but I think we have actually won uh, and played some good football uh, without Maxi. We know also with Maxi that we can be even better because he's one of those players that when he gets the ball, as a coach, you just relax because you know he's going to keep it and he will not give it away in a stupid way. He just, you know, he and he's going to create something. So And that that gives a calmness and a, and, a, and a confidence into the team that very few players can do. It's uh it's something special with him in that way. That's why he's so important for us. Uh, we just want to get Maxi back on the pitch, and now he's in, um, and uh, we have to keep him there. So we get some games uh, uh, on the run, uh, you know, because when he gets going, he he is he's fantastic. And then last year as well, the team had the problem in the start, and then especially he get going, and then they won a lot of games, and that will be important for us also to, to get um, the results we want to do and the performance that we want to do. And uh, But uh, you have to also cope with playing without him. And I think we have done that um, good in in uh, a lot of the games we played um, before uh, the, the virus. Um, and also now we win with him uh, not from the start in the last game so that's 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 also possible but
0: now he's 33 years old and and because of his age and and he has you know last year there were some injury concerns at times but he got through it i think he missed five games with injuries and and then this year since he's arrived do you feel like for the club that it's uh, that it's vital that the the number 10 the the guy who unlocks things you know that that is a really important player to find and bring in i don't know if you really think like you have any like for like at all in the program right now
1: yeah of course uh we want to but uh we want to it's not just to get a player in uh, here in the mls it's uh it's different rules and it's about uh you can have uh, three dps and you can use just this amount of money so to find somebody like maxi is um, is very very hard but we need to develop the players we have and uh is. um you need to create more offensively, but defensively was really hard working good work uh, in the game against Miami. I think he's in developing, and uh, we had other players like Keaton.
0: Uh, I wondered uh, if you thought Keaton was a, a guy that could be the ten. You know, it, it, you know, would it he- will be
1: different ten. You know, it will not. Uh, I don't think he's is that technically between the lines. It's not his main focus, uh, main strength. I think he's more a six or a eight. You know, box to box player, but we need to get the last year he scored only one goal so he needs to you know that's one of the tasks we talked about with the kid. that we need to in a full season you have to get uh, 8 to to score between 5 and 15 goals somewhere that's what we're working on so we need to develop all the young players we have at the same time we need to find the reason why Maxi get injured and uh, of course I think we train a little bit harder now than uh, I used to from last year so and I try to adapt to him and try to find the right uh, amount of uh, load uh, into the games because he's the only guy that that needs it when you when you're 33 years old but it's important also we have to train the team for the 20 20 to 28 year old players not not the old ones so, and we just <laughs> have to individualize uh, the training for 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 players like maxi and uh hopefully you can get him now in a in a longer period of uh, game, so we, so we really get in much fitness as well.
0: Did you uh, notice in the latter stages of your own playing career that it, it was more difficult from a from a muscular standpoint to keep all those things uh, together? I was a reason, I quit when I was thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> was,
1: my back was, uh, you know, my my body, my legs was gone. My my body. Back was when I was 30 years old, but I was not really good to take care of myself. Nowadays, they are much better to to know what's right and wrong. Um, so that's why the careers is getting longer, but also the the tempo now in the matches is much higher than when I played. So so it's uh, so it's uh, it's important that uh, that uh, Maxi is doing everything he can and he does to be as uh, ready as possible to every day, but uh, we need also to adapt.
0: You have to tell all your former teammates that the reason your back hurts is because you had to carry them on your back all those years, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, well, uh, Ronnie, you're, you're, was, play, you're playing TFC again. Now, you played them on March the 7th. Can you take anything from that match? Uh, first of all, we meet the top team. So what? we will not, we, not
1: uh, we lose the ball too much in the center of the pitch. When we played them last time, and uh, we, were, we, we didn't uh, keep the distance, you know, to the 95 minutes in the last 30 minutes. We were way too open, and we, uh, it doesn't seem like we have the, um, the stamina to, to, to keep out the game. So, I, that was a, if it's one performance I'm not pleased with this year, um, it's, it's that performance. So, we have another chance now. If we're going to beat a team like that, we need to be really, really disciplined. Uh, through the whole game, because if you open up, they will they will punish you.
0: Now they have one guy that I would pay to watch play, uh, Alejandro Pozuelo. Uh, he really and he's done a fantastic job. I, I know within the league, but against New York City FC, he's really been someone who's been a thorn on uh, on the side. Uh, two goal, both goals in the playoff game last year to win two one. His MLS debut, he had two goals and an assist. Uh, he played well, I think, in that first game against you on March uh, the seventh. Do you ever look at a guy like that who's really setting so much up, and maybe focus on him a little more defensively than you would maybe another midfielder? Maybe man marking him out of the game.
1: I think it's very tough to do that because uh, if you're gonna have one guy following me all over, then you know others is uh, gonna. And that, when I see the team, I don't. I see a good player. But I see a, a system that they are playing each other good. They use the spaces they get and their rotations on the side. They have good uh, relations and, uh, and taking out one man doesn't help. We have to, first of all, uh, I think uh, Bradley in the center, he's, he's very into, uh, important for them. Uh, that's the guy who put up starched attacks all the time. So be around him is going to be important. And then it's about being tight, especially when they play out the side, to, to keep them on one side. And uh, and and just have angles inside, and then be very tight. We're going to win a lot of balls. So if we do that part good, and at the same time do something on the ball uh, ourselves, then um, then we can see less of uh, of the their important uh, importance players.
0: I just want to ask you about two other guys on their team and and their forwards. So this kid uh, Io Akinola, the twenty-year-old, and then Josie Altador, the veteran. He's back healthy apparently. Do you think you might see both of them on the field at the same time? Are you anticipating that, or?
1: I, I think yeah, it's gonna be one. Uh, maybe in the end of the game it can be, but uh, I think only one. So we'll see who's gonna play. It's, going to, it's a tough competition for. Uh, it's a positive uh, challenge for them to, to pick a team when they have two good strikers. Um, but uh, as again, uh, we, we're thinking of most of all of ourselves.
0: And and your own striker, Eber. What's. Uh, what's his shape you said earlier in the week uh, everybody's ready to go uh, how's ever doing yeah he's
1: he trained uh, yesterday but uh, and he can be ready to come into the game but to start the game is uh, a little bit too early so um, so we we have a good sub there who can uh, can be uh make a difference in the in the end of the game
0: all right, man. Well, uh, wish you all the best here in the MLS is Back Tournament. Now we're in the round of 16. We are in the knockout round. Toronto FC, the opponent. Has the gift been sent to Pavone yet for converting that penalty? I mean, is it, we got one going or what? what? Uh, we'll see. If we win, maybe the boys can send it with all those bonuses. All right. <laughs> City produced a convincing 3-1 win over Toronto on that day. Castellanos and Morales scoring their first goals of the season, but they were not nearly as effective losing to the eventual MLS's back champions. Portland 3-1 in the quarterfinals. Morales, who was named the man of the match in the Toronto win, continued to be nagged by injuries, including an MCL knee sprain, and the playmaker would miss a total of 10 regular matches, and the hunt for a fifth consecutive playoff berth for City would have to happen mostly without the MLS assist leader from a season ago. As for the Tati Castellanos-Eber combination, they ended up starting just three matches together, producing nary a goal in three losses. Then Eber went down with a season-ending ACL tear in a September 12th match against FC Cincinnati. The club would also lose top homegrown James Sands along the way with a fractured foot. Sands and the club still holding out the possibility of a return if New York City can make a deep run in the playoffs. This has been part two of The Best of Ronnie Dyla leading into Dyla's first MLS playoff match when City will meet Orlando City at Exploria Stadium in Orlando. Airtime this Saturday on the New York City FC Network, 11.45 a.m. for the pregame show, which includes my pregame chat with the coach. In the next episode, a look back at New York City playing matches at their temporary home of their rivals, Red Bull Arena, where City gathered four wins in their five matches played in New Jersey. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.